Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas sports book from the guys who actually work behind it with your hosts, Alan Berg and Dave Sharapan. 10 seconds to go, 24-23 Saints, Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, oh, my God. Welcome to Cash Considerations, everyone. Uh, as you can tell, your man Alan Berg is a little under the weather at the moment. Uh, I feel like a Vikings fan that's been partying since Diggs caught that pass. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to grind through the episode here for you guys. Uh, no days off, baby. So uh, what's up, Big Dave? Nothing, man. I sound a little bit better than you, but I feel worse. The Steelers really, I can't explain it. We'll get into it, but... Not that I didn't see it coming, but just the way it went was total disaster. So hopefully you'll be able to pick me up through it the rest of this show. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> I'm going to have my pom-poms out for my Jags, so I don't that's know how right. well that's going to go. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, um, you called it, man. You called it. You said they were going to win a road playoff game. I hyped it up all week. I mean, I took the Jags plus the points. I thought it was going to be close. I was hoping the Steelers would win by three. I didn't expect a 45-42 game, though. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane, man. I'll tell you one thing that was crazy to me, and as I thought about it, I said, was that the greatest defensive performance by a team that gave up 40 in NFL history? Yeah. Because I think it was. It was. was. Arguably, it was. I mean, they totally dominated the first half. I mean, they really did. They made plays. They got the pick. I mean – there was a lot. They were doing some really good things, you know, on both sides of the ball. And then they were able to, you know, withstand the push that you knew was coming and uh, made the plays when they had to. Totally impressive performance for me. You, you've been talking about Jags D. <laughs> what about Jags O? Wow. <laughs> Blake Bortles making some big throws when needed. I mean, that you know, when you have a D like that, that's all you need these guys to do. Don't turn the ball over and make a throw here and there, and we'll win the game. And in incredible fashion, they did. And, you know, hats off, obviously, to their running game, Leonard Fournette. I thought Doug Marone did a great job of scheming against the Steeler D, who I still think the Steeler D is really good, so I don't think the Jags are getting enough credit for their offensive plan in this game. I think they did fantastic. They totally um... – it, it, the scheme was good, but they won the line of scrimmage. I mean, no they question. owned between the tackles. They The push was unbelievable. And, you know, since Shazier went down, the Steelers haven't been able to even remotely. I mean, Very true. Not, not even do anything in the middle. Forget about – he must have been so good covering up all of those um, little things that got exposed these last couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I think to your point, I think a lot of that game was definitely one in the trenches from, from jump street. And I think that's the thing that really got the Steelers in so much trouble was just how the game started. And, and, you know, you didn't know what the hell Haley was doing. 
uh, with the play calling and and I think it was just you know one team wanted it more and they just came out and they took they took control right away and uh, I was super impressed with that and especially with a team that had very little playoff experience. Right. Yeah. I mean, they the experience thing it works both ways, right? Like you know, the week before Atlanta with all the experience goes to an inexperienced team and and shows the experience wins. Now Jacksonville with the entire team no one has a playoff experience against the Steelers playoff AFC championship games everything Super Bowl wins even for the older guys and I don't know about you but my god it wasn't even close who looked like the experienced team at least into the second quarter I mean we're talking about what Pittsburgh looked like the most unprepared inexperienced team that I've seen in a while (laughs) in a playoff game no uh, yeah, I think the thing with them is they just never seem to fully be focused. They they had their flashes, and they made some amazing plays. I mean, the one play that always stood out in that game to me was that throw Roethlisberger threw to, to Brown, and Bouye had perfect coverage. I mean, that was just oh. a beautiful ball, beautiful catch, and you can't do anything when it's on the money like that. There's just, there's just how, nothing you can do other than tackle the guy. How good did Ben look? Seriously, 400-plus 400, 400 yards, and he dropped some – ridiculous um, dimes in their yeah. perfect throws to get those touchdowns. The fourth down touchdown to Brown was insane. And, you know, he kept making plays, but they had no answer for Blake Bortles and <laughs> the running game of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Incredible. And, and Haley's going to be the fall guy or everybody wants him to be. The offense put up 42 points at home. Not many times you can say you score 42 at home in the playoffs and lose. Come on. I don't know. I I don't know where it goes now, but, you know, a lot of things there's going to be, and there always is, but there's repercussions of the results of these games. And it's very interesting to see going down the road here what happens. You know, who's back, who's not. Le'Veon Bell's contract situation different things now a lot of dominoes are going to fall right yeah absolutely you know the thing i'll go back to is um you know i've been talking as you said about the jags so much all year and i i was battling this week man i i was flipping and i you know i even wrote in the game today column i was like i just i gotta get off the wagon on fire and as it got closer to game and, you know, we talked on Friday about, you know, some decent money coming in. And I said, man, you know, what am I going to feel worse about putting my, putting my bet on the Jags money line and they lose, or am I going to feel worse if I don't bet and they win? And so I said, you know what, hell with it. I'm going to make a couple bets around town on the Jags money line. And I got there. So uh, crazy game, total complete sweat. But, um, but I, I feel like they were the better team that day, at least. I mean, are you, and you won the bet, so that's good. But as you're watching the game, and especially as it's getting later and the Steelers are mounting the comeback, they get within a score twice. Oh, I had some Steelers they, buyback. I, right. But, that's but what, what I was going to say. Was that available <laughs> to you? Uh, yeah, I got it down a couple uh, spots. Unfortunately, I missed one of the better spots of the game. And I was kind of watching the game, but I was with the family. So you know how you're, you're on the cell phone. You got the Yahoo app up watching the game, and you're also trying to – you know, be, be a part of the fam. And, 
you know, like I was making live bets here and there, but what was crazy is I just missed nine and a half, like it timed out on me as it was running. Mm-hmm. That was the number I was looking for. And sure enough, then, you know, they made like a first down, I think Ben had like a 30 yard pass that I couldn't see cause I was all busy on the app. So I was mm-hmm. so burned by that one. Cause that, that would have set me up. Awesome. I mean, that would have been a great middle. Right. Um, so did you see the onside kick? And then do you, I mean, do you even know the situation? 217 left. Yeah. And we, we kick an onside kick. The Steelers kick the onside kick, which they don't do well, period. It looks like they never practice it, for goodness sakes. I mean, the kick went five yards and it never had a shot. But strategy wise, am I wrong? Or do you kick it deep and try to it. stop it? You 100% right? kick it. You kick it deep, man. Make Blake Bortles and company beat you with that. I mean, you have to because, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp was burying them on, on the show he does with Skip Bayless. Uh, and he said that, you know, he completely blames Mike Tomlin and said that, you know, you, you've you been one for 20 on recovering onside kicks since you've been in Pittsburgh. The only one you recovered was in the first year of your of your tenure as the Steelers head coach. So that should tell you to play the odds and kick the ball. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in a lot of the shows and stuff today, we're kind of making excuses like, well, they hadn't stopped uh, Jacksonville on a three and out all game. Well, you haven't got an onside kick now that I know that's that in 11 years. <laughs> so one for 20 or all day, let's take a shot. Because if you stop him, you legitimately have a shorter field to get down there and score and tie the game. Exactly. And instead, you don't get the onside kick. You allow Jacksonville to get the field goal, and now you're down 10 and it's done. Like, you yeah. can't. So, again, it's just one of those things that I know I vent about a lot, and I know a lot of the, the, the people, all my boys at home that listen, all the other Steeler fans that are dispersed around the country, which, by the way, I don't know if you've checked the Twitter followers for the, the cash consideration, but we got people listening all over the country. And Canada. I was All going right. today, so that was encouraging. But those people got to see it, too. Like, he's not a good game manager. His strategic decisions are just deplorable when it comes down to it. And they don't practice these situations. Like, how do you not know that? Or somebody on the sidelines say, Coach, kick it deep. That's the only way we can stop him. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. So there's obviously a disconnect between the coordinators and him. And it just looked bad. It was a really bad look, again, that, that that I know the Steelers are one of those organizations. I mean, your boy McCarthy got an extension. Marvin Lewis got an extension. <laughs> I mean, so they, they, these, a lot of these old-school franchises don't get rid of guys, and there's a lot of not a lot of turnover. So I don't know if there's a better option, but something's got to change, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they, they the team that they have should have at least won one by now. And I mean, I understand that Belichick's not an easy mountain to climb over in New England, and usually you got to go to Foxborough to get it done. But you know what? One, let's go one out of five. You know, let's beat him once, yeah. kind of thing. You know, and and with the team they have, they should have been able to do it, and they should have been able to beat Jacksonville. But um, again, I, I think too with. You know, just maybe they just didn't want it as bad. I mean, I think that does that does play into that game out on the field. And um, you know, if they got caught flat-footed, and like I said, I blame I blame Haley a lot for the early execution of the offensive play calling. I thought was just crazy, didn't make any sense. But, um, but yeah, it was a wild game, and uh, the Steelers should probably think about getting rid of Tomlin at this point. It's been a long time. I think it's run its course. It reminds me of kind of like when the Bears had to fire Lovey Smith where the results were mm-hmm. still good, 
but you felt like something's off. We're not doing enough. Like, you know, for them, for them back in the day, it was the Bears just couldn't, they couldn't score. They, they just couldn't move the football. And it was years and years and years of it. So it was, you know, it's time for them to make a change, I, I think. Right. Well, I don't think you're alone in that train of thought. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to put you, we'll put your Steelers to the side here so we can get, get the pain, you know, starting to recover from the pain here. But I mean, wow, the Vikings, Saints, I can honestly tell you I've watched football since I was a little kid, and that had to be one of the best playoff games I've ever watched as far as coaching plays. Uh, you know, every coach makes mistakes. There's some questionable things that Peyton did that we'll maybe touch on, but I just was, I thought it was a fantastic football game. And, you know, and that's before the, the absolute magic happened in Minnesota. And, and I mean, man, you talk about a team that has deserved a little magic in a postseason game. The Vikings finally got their moment. They finally got their moment. Absolutely right. Um, you're, at, you're, you're 100% correct. The game itself was awesome. And um, the way Minnesota went up and really – not dominated, but they controlled the first half, and the the Saints didn't stop coming. Like they they looked like an experienced group, even though a lot of the guys on the roster aren't Peyton and, and Breeze. Obviously, are they stayed with what they do? They made some adjustments, and they come back, and we see a hell of a football game. And now, did you really think though? Like I, I thought when the Saints went ahead. They got the field goal. I thought it's over. Like it's just the Minnesota <laughs> thing. It's it's over. That's it. It's done. They, it's they, this is another one of those things for Viking fans to talk about. I mean, it, that hundred year old lady Millie. Everything. It was just like, oh no, these people just. It's just certain franchises and fan bases that just they are just so battle scarred. I was like, they really going to blow this again? So it felt good to see that play happen. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I always say when when teams can get over a a curse or just horrible luck or you know something that just keeps on happening, it always seems to happen in the most dramatic ways. Like the first thing that comes to mind is when the Red Sox finally beat the Yankees and we're down three zero in the playoffs, and then they win four straight and then go to the World Series and, and destroy. Uh, what was it the Cardinals? Was that who they played? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. you know, to me, that that's that's how this whole stuff gets, you know, exercised or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, it was a cool moment. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pain and a lot of joy going on through uh, the game, depending on what number you had. And uh, just oh, wild, my. just wild. <laughs> we talked about it on Friday, and I made mention of it being, you know, how many games fall on five? I think I made an offhanded remark you did. about it. Like, that is true. Right? Yeah. Yep. I said, you know, we don't really have to worry about the game falling on five. So the move from four to four and a half to five, then it goes to five and a half. It's not that, you know, five's a dead number. And I'm watching the game and it goes and it falls on five. And I just literally started laughing. And then the drama of kicking the extra point or not kicking the extra point, they got to get the Saints out of the locker room. I was already home at that time. But can you imagine? I got a bunch of text tweets, a lot of different things. People literally fishing their tickets out of the garbage because oh, yeah. you know now they had the the push instead of the the loss, and it, it was it was hilarious. I, I just like I never understood throwing a ticket out before 
the result was final. Have you ever done that? No, never, never have. And and it's funny because it, it's one thing if, you know, there's 26 seconds left and it's a 21-point game, then, yeah, chuck the ticket. It's over. Right. But when you're still within a score, man, it's not over. And what's crazy is, is I was working, obviously, that day, and um, the um, – the guy that was working out front told me there was a line of like a hundred people in line waiting to cash their saints tickets. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And then they all had to go sit back down or you know leave <laughs> or whatever the case may be. I mean, I, I was just going nuts, but it was funny. Cause I was like, I was like, they're not going to kick it. There's no purpose. They're just going to take a knee. And there was some debate back and forth about, Oh, why wouldn't they kick it? I'm like, why would they? The, the game's over. Like it's dumb that this is even happening right now because it's a, it's a walk-off. Like who cares? You know, I get for the and, spread, but it should have never been. It, they should absolutely eliminate that rule. If if it's if there's zeros on the clock and there and it's not tied, get rid of it. It's it's over. Yeah, it has to. Somebody has to make that ruling official because yeah. they had to go get the Saints out of the locker yeah. room. They go. I mean, it's bad enough that just you lost that way and it just happened, and now you go in the locker room, you rip off the shoulder pads. Everybody's like, you know, in that mode, and well, wait. Eleven of you got to go back and stand out there. Can you imagine what was said on oh. that little like thirty seconds? Were like, they drawing oh, straws in the back? Right. Well, it took I, them so long. They're like, "I'm not going back out there." Oh, you got to yeah. go. And they're like, "All right, fine. We're cutting straws. Let's go." Right. The kicker went out. The punter went out. <laughs> did you see those guys? They all yeah. they sent those guys out. You guys, all the rookies, you go. You know, yeah. get it. Except the I, kid that just a tackle. He didn't I, go anywhere. No. Oh man, I I I was saying on Twitter like. You know, there, there's these moments where, like, I'll give you an example. So when sometimes I watch these big sporting events with my wife. She's always like, oh, I feel so bad for them that lost. And I'm like, ah, hell with that. They could have won. You know, like, yeah. that's, that's sports, man. That's the way it goes. But when I see something like this, that's a whole nother level, man. And I honestly did feel so bad for that kid because I will tell you what he did, and it was – he knew that if he got digs before he reached out of bounds, the game's over. And he just overthought the play. And again, I, I'm going to use Shannon Sharp. Uh, he he said it perfectly. He said, it's not his job to make that play. It's his job to tackle the guy, push him out of bounds, whatever the case may have been, to make sure he doesn't get by him and take care of it. And then because, because when they kick – they got to get the snap. They, there's a chance you could block it. They could have a false start. There's all kinds of things that could go wrong on a kick, especially the Vikings. So oh, you, yeah. So you have to be smart there, and you just have to make the simple play. And I, I felt so bad for the kid because I really do believe he was thinking if I just if I can clip him as he's heading out of bounds because that was what I'm sure Diggs was trying to do and got very lucky that Keenum threw it a little high and it made him jump because I think if he hits him on the money, he does get try to get out of bounds and might have got tackled there. Oh, yeah. Well, if he gets tackled in bounds, it's over. Exactly. They don't have a timeout, and they can't get up to the line. There's no time. It's over. So I, I read a lot today about it, and one train of thought was that he was told, don't get an interference call because if you get an interference call, they get an automatic next play, which means they can set the ball down and kick the game-winning field goal. So it looked like he made a split-second decision that, oh, my God, I'm a second early and ducked, like, underneath him to maybe just try to either barely touch him or clip him, like you said, or not touch him at all. And that was trying to make the play, just like Sharp said, where you're supposed to stand 10 yards behind him 
Let him catch the ball in bounds and just keep him in bounds for three more seconds, and it's over. Well, I think he knew he couldn't he couldn't get there to make the tackle unless he kind of like launched himself. But the crazy thing about that play, and when I was telling a buddy at work, I'm pretty sure that the number one reason he put his head down was because he didn't want a helmet to helmet hit because he knew that that's ball game. Right. And so that's, I think yeah. it's the if safety penalty, rules right? too. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think the safety rules affected him on that play too. So I think it was a combination of. I'm going to make the play of the game. I'm going to make sure Diggs can't get out of bounds. So I'm going to time this tackle. I'm going to dive and I'm going to and I'm going to keep my head low to make sure that I don't hit him when he ducks. And yeah. it all fell apart. It was a, it was the perfect storm for the Vikings and and you know I just I felt I felt terrible for that kid. But a fan base that really deserved a big moment like that. And uh, part of me as just a sports fan that's that's had my teams and you know, pain and, and happiness and all these things. I, I would really like to see them, you know, get to the Super Bowl uh, just on the basis of, of that magic that, that that just happened. I mean, all due respect to the Eagle fans who have also had pain, but, you know, you just worry that maybe, that I don't know, do they have enough to beat the New England that they likely are going to see in the Super Bowl? Right. Uh, no, I, I can get on board with that. That's That's probably a good take on it. I uh, in some research for tonight's show, I saw this one. Since 1991, 14 of the 16 teams in the NFC have played in the Super Bowl. You know the only two that haven't? Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Vikings. That's the two right yeah. there. So the Vikings finally get a break and pull off. Do they have a name for this play yet? Is this the Minnesota Miracle, or what is this called? Uh, Seven Heaven. Oh, okay. Seven Heaven. Um, I don't know. This is They're already getting the, the steam behind the Team of Destiny and other things after that. So we'll see what happens. Um, have you seen – obviously, you've seen the lines for the weekend. Yes. You have any uh, – Opinion uh, on either game yet? Not yet. Or- as you saw, and I mean, as the people who were watching these games saw, it, you know, NFL playoffs are, are a brutal thing to be betting on, really. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, an understatement. Fal- yeah, I mean, the Falcons-Eagles game, that was a coin toss. If Julio Jones catches that pass, you lose your bets. If um, Brady doesn't throw that last uh, touchdown, I believe, uh, the over doesn't come in. Uh, you know, obviously the Vikings Saints game doesn't need any more uh description. And then you have the Steelers Jags where no matter what side you had, you were sweating like crazy. So uh the only thing that was guaranteed there was the over, which you know goes back to some of the old things I learned. Don't worry about the side, just bet it over. Right. So um yeah, it it's pretty crazy, man. I mean it's it's tough to start backing your money on these things. Uh and yeah, the lines seem good. Um did either one of these numbers surprise you? No. Okay. No, neither one did. Um, Minnesota uh, was pretty much what I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be. I thought they might be two and a half, but uh, three didn't surprise me. And and then the early support, I think, kind of what you're saying, like team of destiny type of thing. I think there's some belief that they're going to play very relaxed at Philadelphia. I think that's the one thing that Philly's really going to have to set the tempo in the first five minutes of that game, like physical and just beat them up, you know, because. Man, they're on they're on cloud nine, man, and teams like that are really tough to beat. 
and Minnesota's defense, again, it travels. And Philly's got to run the ball to be successful because you want to talk about Bortles not being asked to do much and don't turn the ball over. Wow. Philadelphia's game plan was excellent for what they had to do against Atlanta. I mean, Foles was, I think, 23 of 30 for pedestrian, 250 yards or so, close to that. Um, not any real danger throws or danger plays, but don't do much, Nick, except don't turn the ball yeah. over. Peterson and, had a great plan for sure. Yeah, so that'll work maybe more against Atlanta than it will against Minnesota. Minnesota's uh, defense is nasty. Those guys are dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know there is a part of me that would really love to see Jags Vikings man just I mean, two defenses <laughs> that can we be like can we just put them on the field against each other and whoever pushes each other over the goal line wins let's just see that that and would be Case Keenum or Blake Bortles gets a gets a Super Bowl <laughs> ring as the MVP all right fantastic oh that would be very interesting that would be completely ironic and I don't know what it would do for the ratings but. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I got a buddy that keeps texting me. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, the Bortles Foles Bowl is still alive. <laughs> I started cracking up, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine. Ooh. Yeah, it'll be a long two weeks of hype, I can tell you that. Well, those props are going to be interesting. I mean, oh, I man, you want to talk about skill shots, yeah. Ooh. And you know the faction that comes through and bets the under on every one of them. <laughs> I, I mean, know, I'll, right? I'll, Geez, we're going to have to make them so low or put the juice at minus 180 to start just to keep them off. The prop sheet. Oh, man. The, the prop sheet of dreams for the underbetters. Holy right. cow. The ultimate props of ineptitude, Al. Oh, you may, no, may no have question. to just put that on the packet. Oh, man. Instead of the Super Bowl, it'll be the ineptitude bowl. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so, I mean – I think we've pretty much got a good good piece of these of these games and uh, talked about the lines and things like that. Um, and you kind of got the conversation started here on the on the look ahead. Uh, first thing, do you see anything in these lines? And secondly, um, what 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 result would surprise you the most? I'm assuming Jags, right? Jags outright win would right. definitely surprise me the most. The other game. I feel it's more of a toss-up than maybe people think. You know, Philly's going to be a monster at home. Very tough spot. But Keenum looks like a different guy, doesn't he? He looks like a confident guy. He's throw- he made a couple throws off his back foot that worry me. Uh, oh, that one pick he threw was absolutely was, horrendous. Right. That looked like a, a, a third-string quarterback in preseason. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. That, was a, that was horrible. And that was the game – momentum, immediate change. When he oh, threw that ball up and, and it was 17-7, Saints got it, went down, boom, scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, don't do that again. Well, right. <laughs> now we're taking this show outdoors. So um, uh, I think that one's a little more of a toss-up. New England is just New England. I mean, they are a machine. And they know what Jacksonville brings to the table. I don't think that they're excited about the matchup. I mean, the nine is high but justified because you've got to put up something higher than, I think, seven and a half to just generate any interest on Jacksonville. But I see this number going higher. I actually think it will get to 10 by Friday. And then 
we'll see the support for Jacksonville. I think we just had to put it this number because if we're going to do teasers, no one's teasing uh, unless, you know, you, we've got to make the numbers of some sort of value and give them the teaser number with New England. Right. Yeah, I think it's the, the history alone is, is creating this number. But I know it sounds crazy, but I I think that the Jags are going to do it, man. Wow, on Tuesday you're, or Mo- and we're doing this Monday night. You're thinking the Jags? Yeah. Um, I'm not totally dismissing it, well, okay? I but look- I just think that they 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 have a lot to overcome in coming oh. off win against Pittsburgh. I think to match that again, man, yeah. that's a, a tall order. Yeah, and I mean, I listen. I get the insanity that that I'm saying right now. I understand full well what I'm saying that Blake Bortles is going to beat Tom Brady in Foxborough and. Doug Marone's going to somehow outcoach Bill Belichick. Um, but you know what, man? The thing that I just I'm just not sure about with the Patriots is I look I looked I just was looking briefly at their schedule and I they haven't had an impressive win for like a while. Like I don't find their win over Atlanta to be that great. I, I mean they 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 beat Pittsburgh, but they didn't look particularly great. Um, you know, up until this Titan game, they, they really didn't look like the Patriots. And so I just think there's a window here. And if they can keep it close, man, I'm telling you, like, I feel like they can do it. I really do. Yeah, this is it's not it's not going to be a walkover. And well, there's, we'll go right a, away. there's a shot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They yeah. can't get down, um, you know, 14 points or, or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're they can't in big lose trouble. The confidence in the first quarter. If, if yeah. they, I feel like if they hang in the first, then they're in the game, and I think that's when the belief will start to creep in that man, we can do this, we can do this, and I just think they, they're 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 just so talented on D, and you know they have just so many weapons to send at Brady and and all these things, and don't forget of a gentleman by the name of Tom Coughlin who happened to beat Bill Belichick in two Super Bowls. The only two that Bill lost is up there helping Doug Marone probably a little bit with this game plan. So uh, they got the type of D that the Giants kind of had that really gave you trouble on every level, man. Oh, no question. I can only imagine what's going to be going on in those offices and those meetings all week because now there is belief. Um you know, before this, uh, Jacksonville's put. I got one here for you. Jacksonville's one in ten all time against the Patriots, and as a franchise, they've never once won in New England. I think yep. it's six, six or seven games, something like that. They believe now. Oh, that's ancient history. It doesn't mean a thing to anyone in that locker room or on that coaching staff. You know, oh, Coughlin, yeah. Coughlin has them believing uh, from the top down. Marone, listen. He may not be, you know, a sexy pick or coach or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, come on. Like, he's he's a football coach. He's a guy who's like, listen, we're not going to pass the ball at all. We don't have to. Just telling you old school stuff like that. Yeah. That's yeah. the guy that's responsible for this defense. Like, really? I'm impressed. I mean, they've just done such a good job of drafting and, and uh, bringing in free agents and and putting it together, man. And like you said, I think that the talking heads are going to be telling you this. Oh, they're going to say one in ten, never one in New England. Da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, man, like like you said, they won a big road playoff game. They they grinded out a home win over the Bills, 
and you know they're gonna they're gonna roll into this game going, hey man, all we gotta do is stay in the game. If we stay in the game, we're gonna win this thing. Like, and I feel like if they can do that, the the pressure starts to shift because now now they're gonna be having fun. If it's thirteen fourteen Patriots late in the third quarter, man, like. I just get the feeling the Jags are going to make some great plays late in that game if if they have if they're that close, and so oh. you know first half for me, for, like I said, first quarter is a huge quarter for them. They got to prove they belong in that stadium with the Patriots. Can you imagine if they get like a big hit on Brady and a fumble and pick it up, or get a an interception or pick six or something? It'd be like when Rocky hit Drago. And the corner guy said, see, he's not a machine. Can you imagine? They'll be so fired up. Like, I just, I'm thinking about it and how much momentum will build on the sideline. You know, if they get the play early and get the belief rolling and plant the seed of doubt on the Patriots side, and let alone if Fournette gets going, I mean, let's be honest, the Patriots D is average at best. I mean, they're great in the red zone. They're great in the red zone. They got a top five red zone defense but in between the 20s they can be moved on and if the Jags get that push that they got against the Steelers and keep Brady off the field oh man we got ourselves a real good ball game well I think the big thing kind of what you're saying there is that I think the scheme is holding up a house of popsicle sticks like oh that, huh. that's that's what's going on here with this defense I just I don't buy it and I haven't bought it all year and that's why I just don't you know, if Bortles takes care of the ball, I just feel like, man, I feel like they're in this game. Because I feel like they will get a big turnover, like you're saying. And, and I think that will be the moment that sparks them. Man, we can do it. We can beat this team. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. And I mentioned, like, you know, during the summer I said if there's a guy that can beat Belichick, it's a guy that he doesn't know as well as a Tomlin mm-hmm. or a, mm-hmm. um, you know. Andy Reid. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like, you yep. know, and I think, I'm granted, Marone did, did coach against him in Buffalo, but it was two years. Um, and, you know, they were in, I think, two of the four games and then won a game that the Patriots didn't care about. So, in reality, they probably have coached against each other three times. And, um you know, and it's a different team. I mean, that Bills team had EJ Manuel, which, you know, I, I don't know if it's much better than Blake Bills or worse, <laughs> or on the Chris Sims scale of 70th ranked quarterbacks, maybe EJ Manuel is still ahead of Blake Bortles. But uh, they didn't have Leonard Fournette, and they didn't have this young, aggressive, flashy, uh, more the best of all time kind of defense. You know what I mean? I mean, they they may not be there yet, but man, they're 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 thinking like that, and that's always a you know, I always say sometimes it's not good for veteran teams to play the young teams because young teams aren't scared. Sometimes they just, they don't know better. They just, they just come and have fun. And, and when they're playing like that, man, look out. Oh yeah. And it snowballs. I mean, the defense, you could tell, I mean, it did it against Pittsburgh just this past Sunday, that, that defensive line, they got pressure rushing four guys. They were coming with four. They weren't blitzing and they were, collapse in the pocket they were hitting ben all over the place they weren't get, he had no time and he was making i mean in the second half he made those throws on the run a lot of times you know so they can bring that pressure with four which forget about that dink and dunk if you've got seven guys dropping back into coverage those plays you're gonna have to crank out a lot of plays in those drives that are seven eight plays become 12 13 plays and it gives you that longer time to extend drives and 
get an opportunity for a turnover, plays right into Jacksonville's defense's hands. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think the biggest the biggest key for me and why I'm saying I, I right now I'm I'm really thinking the Jags can pull this off is I think player for player outside of Mr. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and a couple other guys, I think overall the Jags might have more talent. I don't think their offensive line is as good as it's been in the past, and I don't think that their defensive players are as good as they've been in the past. So there there is things here that I think they can get success at. And like I said, if the belief starts creeping in, um, who knows, man? We'll see. The talent level is way closer than people are giving them credit for. I can tell you that for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think the Jags could definitely use a couple extra O linemen, um, but they're good enough. You know, they're not getting here uh, without at least a decent a decent unit. But, man, I was, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, can you imagine if Fournette actually got holes on a regular basis to run through? I mean, that guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know the whole thing with him is just his health is always going to seem to be an issue, and it, at some point or another, I think it'll it'll end his career. But you know, hopefully, we can appreciate him while he's around. Yep. All right. Well, we got a little time left here. Uh, did you want to? Did you want to go to anything in particular? Uh, maybe a little bit more of the Eagles Falcons or any anything in uh, stood out to you this weekend or or in the days ahead? Well, as if. For Pittsburghers and Western Pennsylvania sports fans, Steelers losing wasn't enough. Today I had to explain to my 12-year-old why her favorite baseball player of all time got traded to the San Francisco Giants. And this was that first adult moment. Now, we both have young children and that play sports. You know, your boy plays flag football, and he's really good. My kids play softball. They're really into it. And it's still a fun game for them. I had to explain to her today <laughs> that McCutcheon's no longer a pirate. Well, why? Well, because the pirates aren't trying to win. <laughs> Damn. I mean, like, I just had to break it down like that. Well, why? I can't explain it, you know? And it was just like, so I just trying to grasp that. And if anyone has any, uh, I mean, my Twitter, I follow a bunch of different reporters, baseball as well, because I'm a diehard baseball fan. But God damn, Al, another one of those, like, Really moments where I just feel like a grown-ass man, get off my lawn. I don't even want to watch a baseball game right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I I've definitely definitely have been there with multiple uh, instances right. in my life of, of couldn't believe what I'm seeing kind of thing. But, you know, you had to figure the coal was the first domino, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Pirates are geniuses. They trade coal Saturday before the AF play, AFC playoff game with the Steelers. They had this all lined up that the Steelers would win and everybody would be talking about them playing the Patriots. They went and lost the game and still have to agree. To the trade. Yeah. <laughs> so it was obviously calculated that way. Oh, but God, man. I mean, how about uh, off of that track for a minute? You got anything with these coaching moves? It looks like McDaniel's going to Indy, Patricia's going to Detroit. Um, would you go to Detroit? Even if you were the best coach and coordinator in the world, would you go to Detroit? Well, I feel like they're, they're trying to win. I feel like they are honestly making more attempts to, to bring in free agents. They've been drafting a little better here and there. And they actually have a quarterback that I think if you have a good enough team around him, you can win it. So it's more favorable to me than a few of the spots that are out there. I mean, the Colts gig, I mean, is McDaniels crazy? He wants to go to the Colts. 
I don't get that one at all. I, I think they're a long ways away from, from doing anything. I, I'm not convinced Andrew Luck's ever going to come back and be even half the player that we thought he was going to be, let alone the guy that we saw on the field. Um, well, McDaniel's a smart guy, and he must know that Luck is a lot closer to coming back because that's a dumpster fire if he's not. No, I know, but, I, but I'm saying that I think that it's crazy that that I don't he might he's coming back but I mean what player are we getting that's my thing like it's oh yeah thing when you know you say oh he's going to be healthy everything's cool but I know I question whether he's ever going to be the same kind of player I mean that's a long injury to be out um and then you know I I was I applauded the Titans who wanted to make some changes on the offensive uh coaching staff and and I also applaud the fact that Malarkey didn't agree and he stuck to his guns and then they said well then we're gonna have to show you the door and he said okay that's fine and uh, long-term, that could really help the Titans. I hope they go with a young offensive mind that can really work with Mariota and, and not, you know, find like a retread or that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I thought McDaniels was, would jump at that job, but it sounded like he might have been too far along in the, in the process with the Colts maybe. so. Doesn't that seem like the most appealing one? I think so. I think there's still a lot of potential there, and you got you got a decent young core with Henry and uh, Corey Davis. Kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. seem to seem to come on in that playoff game and show a little spark. And um, yeah, I, I think I think to me that's one of the more attractive jobs out there. Yeah, uh, Arizona's another one that you know all the veterans made their way for the exits. I don't know where they're going, and I don't even know who they're talking to, but. I saw that the Giants look like they're trying to line up uh, Shermer, the yep, yep. offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Yep. Right. That one was, you know, interesting because I guess Keenum could go with them. Is that what I read? Was that correct? Well, I thought that the that's why the Arizona job made sense for him because it was a place Keenum could go and stay with his OC. Mm. And, uh, you know, they got Larry Fitzgerald. They got some decent wide receivers. They get David Johnson back. I mean, their offense should be pretty decent. It's just they got to replace a few uh, old linemen maybe and, and, and rebuild that defense a little bit. But that, that seemed like the right fit for the two of them. But, you know, I guess he just kind of can't count on what another player is going to do. So... Uh, I guess he just thinks the organization structure of the Giants long-term is a better job, which may or may not be true. I, I just wonder how long of a turnaround that job is, because if Eli's finished, they got to hit a home run at quarterback in the draft, and that's that's no easy task. <laughs> right, and that's that's a lot to put on right out of the gate, because if oh. you miss, it's a very short window. You're both out quick. No question. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where they, where they all end up here. All right. We got about, uh, two to go here. Uh, any last words for the, for the cash consideration audience? No. Um, I wish I could figure out where we're gaining the listeners, but thank you again for listening and anyone listening on iTunes, please go on and give us a five-star review. I wish I could give you something right now as we continue to build the show. Maybe we'll have different contests or different things where if people do it, we'll be able to have a giveaway or something like that. But continue to follow along. Continue to listen to the show. We're going to try a couple different things and maybe do some more going forward after the championship games to give you some more Super Bowl stuff. 
Right on. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a, maybe a baseball idea or two that I think our audience will definitely mm-hmm. uh, get behind and, and thinks pretty cool. So we'll we'll let you guys know about that probably around the spring training and when we're we're dying without the football on uh, <laughs> to bet you know on the weekends. So, um, but with that, my man, uh, Big Dave, thanks for joining me as always, and uh, thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, hope you guys have a great profitable week coming up. And this is Alan Berg, Cash Considerations.